You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about how it's possible to punch your 9 to 5 in the mouth and get passive income. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Dr. Matt Motil. Let me tell you all about him. He's a real estate badass who teaches people all over the world how to do the same so they can fire their boss and earn passive income. Before real estate, he worked in construction as a project manager and licensed engineer on buildings, bridges, and highways. As a best-selling author and mentor, he is frequently invited to guest blog and be interviewed on top podcasts. In his spare time, he teaches at several colleges and universities. Welcome, Matt, and thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? No, that was that was a great introduction. I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, we used to teach uh, at colleges and universities, and then the problem was that I found because I, I always wanted to be a teacher. And the problem that I found when I was teaching higher education was, one, there's a lot of bureaucracy in, in higher ed, and two, we do a really good job in our education system of training people to be employees. And me as a business owner, the more I did that, the more I realized, you know what, I'm really kind of sending a contradictory message. And so we ended up leaving uh, the higher ed space, and now I just teach people to do what I did, which is leverage passive income to replace their primary jobs and do whatever they want. We love that. We're super excited to have you today. So why are you so passionate about real estate versus some of the other vehicles for passive income? Well, you know, it's funny because there are, there are days in the real estate space where I go, I wish I could do something different. <laughs> because, and I think every industry has that where you just go, okay, today is not my day. Um, but I've, I've just always loved real estate. I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 19, when I was doing my undergraduate degree, and that really kind of opened my eyes to this idea that, um, you know, you should be a business owner if you can. Um, and I loved the idea of the tangible, you know, physical ability of real estate, like you can touch it. You know, I can actually go out and touch a building, touch a house, things of that nature, and so it's not just intellectual property or it's not like a tangible good. Um, and so I just love the idea behind that. I also like the idea that you can leverage other people's money to do it. And I think that was probably one of the biggest draws to me was it was like, how do I get started when I don't have a lot of my own cash and I, you know, and I don't necessarily have the best credit at that time. And so I just kind of fell in love with it. I like that tangible point. How does your license engineering background play into this? Have you found that helpful? Um, you know, I think the interesting thing is I think in engineering school, they teach people how to be problem solvers. I think that's the biggest thing you learn when you're going through engineering. Um, you know, the background in construction definitely helps. 
from the standpoint of being an investor and going in, you know, they say you make your money when you buy, not when you sell, and that's in any investment. And so in real estate, it's specifically the case of you go in, you want to you find something that's value add. So I want to buy it cheap, and that typically means it needs work. And so uh, having a background in construction uh, helped significantly to be able to walk into something and very quickly say, okay, this needs $10,000 worth of work or it needs $100,000 worth of work um, and be able to have that financial mind and that problem solving and, you know, go from point A to point B very quickly has helped out a ton for sure. Oh, I bet. I've got rental property of my own, so I love passive income. I'm going on, wow, I bought it in 04, so 14 years, and I managed my properties remotely, and I learned a lot of maintenance by trial and error, so you are definitely in the in the right uh, minority that's got the background. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Lots of people like the sound of earning passive income from real estate, but they don't really pull the trigger because they think of tenants and toilets. Do you see that a lot, and how do you overcome it with your clients? <laughs> yeah, I do think that there is, um, you know, there's definitely a stigma there that uh, you're going to deal with tenants and toilets, and that is probably the least glamorous part of owning property. Um, I think there's a couple things that can help with that, though. Is one regardless of whether you're investing in your own backyard or you're, you're investing remotely is to have a really, really good property manager, somebody who's going to look after the property as, as good as they possibly can. Um, it doesn't always work out that way and nobody is going to look after your stuff as well as you will. Um, but if you have a good PM that helps bridge that gap significantly um, to help you be successful. The other side of it is, and you know, a lot of people call me up and they go, I love the idea of having my money secured in a physical asset like real estate, but I hate the idea of being a landlord, even if I have a property manager, uh, is there an option? And we always tell them that, yes, there's always two options. So one is you, you go the landlord route where you actually physically own the asset and then you're, you're, you're the owner and you have to deal with the property manager or the tenants or whatever you want to do. The other route is, um, even more passive from the standpoint of, uh, you know, you could be a private money lender. And so we have a lot of people that invest with us um, and we actually use their money to buy the assets ourselves and then we pay them a, a very nice interest rate on their money. So it becomes a very, very passive investment because at the end of the day, when I get money from a rental property, I don't know if it's mine yet. Right? So I've collected the rent, but it might be the furnace guy's money. It might be the roofer's money. It might be the plumber's money, um, or it might be mine. And I have to wait and kind of see how the month goes to determine if it's my money yet or not. The beautiful thing about being a lender is uh, you get paid on the first of the month, regardless of whether the, you need the furnace work, regardless of whether there's a roof issue, regardless of whether or not there's a tenant who's paying, um, or that you even have a tenant. So the lenders get paid regardless, um, and a lot of people really like that, and they say, hey, you know what, this is really cool. My, my money is secured by 123 Main Street, some city USA, and I get paid every month, and I'm crushing every other investment option out there um, for people with you know, the money to invest. But I don't have to deal with the property manager. I don't have to deal with the tenants. I don't have to deal with the toilets, and so I like that as an option. So... 
we always throw that out there and tell people, hey, you don't necessarily have to be the one that deals with the day-in and day-out tactical stuff. Uh, if you have a good PM, that helps. And if you don't even want to deal with that, you can just be a private money lender, um, which is a great option for people with retirement funds uh, that they can use in self-directed accounts. So a lot of people don't realize if they, like if they left company A and went to go work at company B and they had an old 401k at company A, they can transfer that into a self-directed retirement fund and they can actually invest in businesses or real estate with that. And then the, the earnings go into their retirement fund tax-free or post-tax, depending on if it's a, if it's a Roth or a traditional. But very I actually cool like that option because I think passive income is a fake name. We're talking about fake news all the time. I think that's a fake mm-hmm. name because few things are really, truly passive. And I like the idea of being the lender because it's much more, you really can sit back and just let it happen. So let me ask you, we're in Denver. Where are you calling in from today? I'm in Cleveland. Cleveland, cool. So our market here in Denver is really heating up. I'm not sure how Cleveland's coming along, but how do people find good deals with real estate just on fire right now? Well, you know, I think, I think it goes for any market. Um, you've got to go to the source, or you've got to have a connection of people that are going to the source. So for us, I mean, we, we still love direct mail. As much as, you know, we have this technology available to us. We, we use technology. We get leads off of the Internet and things of that nature too. But we still find that direct mail is a great, uh, a great way to go, especially because the people that tend to be motivated are people that, you know, have a lot of equity that are looking to retire or move on, and, you know, they're just ready to, ready to let go. And those people are still open in the mail. <laughs> and they're not necessarily people that are sitting on Facebook or um, – you know, some of these other sites where people are running ads to, um, you know, we don't see baby boomers and on up as active on like Google looking for how do I sell my house quickly kind of a thing. But when they get a postcard in the mail, they took up the phone. So we still, we still have a lot of success doing that. And I don't know that it necessarily matters whether it's Denver or Cleveland or Dallas or wherever it would be. Um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty good uh, real estate mastermind group, and we've got investors from all over the country, and direct mail works really well for everybody. So you're talking about the postcards that say, hey, I want to buy your property? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I get those all the time. And it's so funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. So being a productivity expert, I'm shocked at how many people don't follow up. Like I've left calls for people just to see what, what they had in mind. Oh, no really? callbacks, and I know they're spending money to find the list and address the postcards and send them out. Do you find that as well? Well, you know, here's the deal. You know, a lot of people are really good at taking action, and they're all about following up. And that's really where the money's at, in my personal opinion, is, you know, can you actually follow up? Some people are so busy that they, um, they can't chase every lead that they get. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I do hear that same story of, well, I called this postcard and I never got a return call. The thing is, I mean, for anybody that's going to be listening to this, all you got to do to be successful is answer the phone <laughs> or make calls back, to be honest. And, and we do hear that. We'll, you know, somebody will reach out to us off of a postcard and we will, uh, we will call them and we'll say, hey, you know, let's talk about your house. And they'll go, you know, I got three postcards from other people before yours and you were the only people that called me back. And it's like, well, all right, let's, let's get a deal done if we can, you know. That's so. awesome. I find the same thing in business. It only takes a little bit 
of effort to really stand out. I don't know if you've ever heard of the steam story, but the difference between 211 degrees and or whatever water boils at, and I think it's 212. It's been a long time since I went to school. Right. It's just one degree. It's, <laughs> it's just one yeah. simple degree. So people just have to do that one more degree to get the difference. And I find that I, I was listening to a speaker the other day who was saying where there's going to be a real shortage in a few years is in the trades, so plumbers, electricians, and yep. people just aren't getting into that. And so you're going to be spending a lot of money just to get your – that's going to be the most expensive thing in your house. And the funny thing is either they have too much work or they don't have good business skills and they don't call back. So if they just call back, I bet their business would get on fire. Yeah, and, and especially like in the trades, what I always found, because you know, I dealt with trades all the time in construction, was – we got a lot of people that are really good at what they do, you know, the technical side of their business, like, you know, a plumber or a roofer or whatever, you know, they're excellent at the physical part of their business. They're awful at the actual business side of their business. So, you know, time management, productivity, uh, picking up the phone, <laughs> that kind of stuff, not very good. Um, and, it, it, you know, what I, what I found personally and I think this goes for a lot of people too, is the biggest obstacle that I think most people have is themselves. And if you can get out of your own way, uh, I think everyone would be amazed at how successful they could be and what they could actually accomplish. And I'm always, it's always funny to me when I, when I run into somebody who does excellent work like that, um, but they're just awful at business. And I always tell them, I'm like, you need an assistant. You need somebody to do all of the administrative technical stuff for you, the tactical things that take you away from actually doing the work in the field so that you can grow. Um, and then all the things that you don't like to do and obviously aren't good at uh, can be done well to where it's just going gonna to blow everything up for you. And some people don't want to even listen to that kind of thing, but which is, you know, it's a shame, but... You know, you can, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make a drink, right? I totally agree with you. I tell people to get a virtual assistant as well. Hey, so you got to write for some pretty big blogs. It's called Good Men Project. Is that right? Right. I see that. I, I'm a big fan of Harrow, helpareporter.com. They're always looking, those are reporters looking for some quotes and stuff. How did you get picked up by that blog? That's a big one. Um, well, I, I'll be perfectly honest. You know, they say all the times it doesn't necessarily matter what you know, it's who you know. And um, I wrote a book uh, that, was, uh, that got bestseller status. Uh, we, about this time last year, it was published on February 1st of last year. Uh, it's called Man on Fire. And we, we give it away. So if anybody's interested in a free copy of the book, we just ask you to give us a couple bucks to ship it to you, and we'll, we'll give you the book for free. And you can get it at manonfirebook.com. But my editor, who edited the book for me, um, was actually a, uh, an editor for the Good Men Project at the time. And so in the process of us developing the book and, and you know, really her kind of working with me as a, as a writer, uh, she's like, you know, you should really be writing for us at, the, at GMP. And I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, I don't really – I've never done anything like that for anybody else before. And she's like, man, you've got a story to tell and – it would be great uh, if you could, you know, get it out there. And so for, there was a, a long period of time where I was a weekly contributor over at GMP, and, um, and I still publish there occasionally. 
um, mostly when she reaches out, she's like, hey, we haven't gotten anything from you in a, in a little bit. Can you send us something? So, but it's, uh, and I'm trying to right now, we're trying to get into some other publications. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe by the time the listeners are listening to this live, uh, when the podcast goes live, we'll be in uh, some other big ones that we're trying to get into right now. Do you use helpareporter.com, also known as HARO, H-A-R-O? You know, I signed up for that a while ago, and um, I was into it for a little bit, and then I, I stopped doing it. And mostly mostly the reason why, and this is going to, you know, I'll just be perfectly honest. Like I was talking about people that can't get out of their own way. Like I was trying to grow my business, and I was, um, I was hiring people, and I was training, and I was still doing a lot of the tactical day in and day out stuff. Um, and I just didn't have time. And so I stopped, I literally just stopped <laughs> opening the emails because I was like, I, I was spending all this time doing that. And it was like, I'm taking my eye off of the, the physical side of the business. And so I needed to, to kind of get away from it. But it's actually, it's funny that you bring it up because it's actually one of the things on my list of get back into doing that. Again. Well, I would love to gift you a copy of my book, and you don't even have to pay the shipping. I will take care of that. Okay. After this call, I'll get your mailing address because I, I put it on hold for a while after I wrote a book, and I just picked it up in the last couple of weeks, and I got picked up by, I was quoted in Fast Company, a Carol Roth blog. She does a lot of business, USA okay. Weekly, like all sorts of stuff all of a sudden at one time. So it definitely works, and I'll show you some shortcuts so it's not all time-consuming, and you can focus on real estate. Hey, tell us a little bit more about your book, though, and if people want to get that. Yeah, for sure. So really, the thing was, when I went to college um, for my undergrad in engineering, I I had a really great college experience, and I got into into a fraternity, and it wasn't the traditional, I mean, we still, you know, it wasn't the traditional, like, hey, the crap out of people type of thing. Um, they, there was still some of that, but it was a little bit more productive than the traditional um, frat house. But when we had this idea, and it was kind of the entrepreneurial spirit, right, was we had this idea where we said, you know what, if, if every single one of us were to get involved in other campus organizations and then uh, get on the executive board of these groups, we could systematically take over campus. Like we literally could be in charge of everything. And... I don't remember exactly which one of us came up with the idea. Um, I don't want to take credit for it because I'm sure it was like, I'm sure we were out one night. We were, we were probably having a couple of drinks, and then we we're like, you know what? We should do this. And so we we started we started implementing this. And when we had guys join, we actually told them that within the first semester they had to join two other campus organizations, and by the time they were a junior, they had to be on the executive board of at least one other campus organization outside of the fraternity. And um, by the time I left school uh, as a senior, uh, and this was right after 9-11, uh, I was involved in about 20 campus organizations. I was the executive, I was on the executive board of about eight, and I was the president of the largest student organization on campus, um, which was an honor society. And I ended up being the regional representative for um, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, and I think Kentucky, um, for all of the universities in that area. Um, but the thing was, so when I left school, I felt like I had all this momentum. It was like we had taken over campus. We were in charge of everything. And we even kind of went outside of school and started doing the same thing where we'd have bartenders and bouncers and stuff that would all be fraternity members. And so we didn't wait in line. We didn't have to wait for drinks. 
it was just like it was almost like this this kind of like I hate I hate to say this because it's really not the case, but it was like this mob mentality of like we're we're in, we're in control, and if you're in the group, then you're in, and if you're not, you're not. Um, so there's a lot of momentum in that. And when I left school, I remember thinking like I've just taken over uh, my university, and it, which is a Division One school. I went to the University of Toledo, and you know there's there's like 40,000 students at the time. And I'm like, we, we just systematically took over this campus. Like, I, now I'm going to graduate. I'm going to take over the world. And that's really how I felt. And the reality is when you leave, when you leave something like that and you go out into industry as a new, as a new grad with no, with no real experience, um, the reality is, one, nobody cares <laughs> what you did in college. And two, um, that's really not how em the employment space works. And so I immediately felt like the, the balloon deflated, right? And, it, and I lost all my momentum. And, and I, I kind of went into a funk for a long time. And I had really wanted to get into real estate investing. And I didn't know how. And because um, I, was, I was still young and had no experience in real estate whatsoever. And I thought I needed money. And it was like, okay, so I need to go get a job. And, and so really, I mean, long story short here, I spent probably about 15 years trying to find that momentum again. And it wasn't until I got back into real estate investing, for real, started, started my own business as a side hustle while I was still working in construction, and then ultimately was able to earn enough passive income from my rental properties to where I could leave my job and fire my boss forever. And so the book in a nutshell is basically me going from a college student where I had all this momentum, losing everything, going through the housing crash, literally losing everything, um, and then building up again to the point where we have, you know, three successful businesses that we run now. Um, we use real estate to do it. It's not necessarily a real estate investing book, but it's really just more my story of how I went from employee to CEO um, and just really kind of motivation and encouragement for anybody out there that's looking to do the same kind of thing. That is awesome. And where can people sign up for that? Manonfirebook.com is the best place. Or, you know, we get, and we, we've got the link to it out on my website at drmattmotil.com as well. Perfect. Manonfirebook.com, right? Yep. Cool. So here is the signature question everybody gets. Are you ready, Dr. Matt? I am ready. If you had one more hour in your day, so 25 hours every day, what would you do with that extra hour? Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. Totally, totally a productivity type of thing. I try to, you know, I think that time is our, is our, our number one resource. And um, I think the difference between those that are successful and those that aren't is how they utilize their time. Um, I'm a big believer in self-care. And so I think if I was gifted an extra hour every day, it would definitely be spent doing something for um, me, as selfish as that's going to sound, but um, whether it's uh, reading, I'm a big reader, so whether it's reading or studying or um, exercise or like meal preparation, just something, something along those lines to help the rest of my day run smoother is totally what I would spend that time doing. That's a perfect answer. It's kind of like when you're in the air, put your oxygen mask on first before your kids yep. so you can make a bigger impact, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. And That's I, a really great, great answer. So and I really honestly – like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, I, 
you know, I think one of the biggest things, because when I did my PhD, it was on um, employee burnout. <laughs> and because I was a burned out employee, so I thought, hey, this is great, maybe I can help myself. Um, but the one thing I realized after leaving the employment space was that um, your personal life and your business are, are intimately integrated. And if you're not taking care of you, both, both your physical self, your mental self, um, and your relationships, your business is going to suffer. And if your business is suffering, then everything on the personal side suffers too. So I think it all starts with you, and I, I think that's got to be everybody's number one priority. Absolutely. It's true. You can't separate it because I know so many people that have poured their heart into their business and then they've damaged relationships with their family mm-hmm. or kids. And then it's the opposite. If you don't focus on your business enough, you're probably going to feel it in your bank account. Yep. So definitely tied together. Very cool. So, for Matt, for people that would like to work more closely with you, learn about some of your programs, how can they connect with you? The easiest way is, uh, is through the website, drmattmotil.com. And um, we've got links to all of our social. I'm very active on social media, so regardless of whatever your favorite social media platform is, um, we're out there. I'm pretty much Dr. Matt Motil on everything, so Dr. Matt Motil. Uh, you can find me on social. Um, we've got a YouTube channel, drmattmotil.tv is the web address that will get you to the YouTube channel. Um, and, and we've got all kinds of great stuff out there. So lots of stuff for business and, and leadership and motivation and mindset kind of things. Um, lots of resources for real estate and real estate investing. I have a real estate podcast. I have a general that's called The Cashflow King. Um, and I've got a, um, a general entrepreneurship podcast that's relatively new called The American Entrepreneur. Um, all that stuff's available on the site. And we just launched a, um, I mean, at this point that, we're, that listeners will be listening to it now. It'll be out for a couple months. But um, we have a real estate investing course that's available for people that literally say, I have no experience in real estate whatsoever, and I want to be a real estate investor. And it takes you from point A to point B of, of doing your very first deal. And, uh, and they can get all that at the website, drmattmotil.com. Awesome. That's really cool. So our time is almost up, Matt. Is there anything else that you want to add that I didn't think to ask you or any inspiration, something like that? Um. You know, not necessarily. I think, you know, if I can give everybody just one, uh, one piece of advice is uh, every morning go to the bathroom, take a hard look in the mirror, and realize that that's your biggest competition for the day. Because if you can get out of your own way, you'll be amazed at what you can do. That's really good. That's the worst competition. Or your, what did you call it, the, your toughest competition? Your biggest, yeah, your biggest competition is definitely what's in between your ears. <laughs> that is true. Getting out of your own head. I love that. That's really great advice. So listeners, go check out his site, Dr. Matt Motil, and that's M-O-T-I-L, and get more information. Matt, thanks so much for sharing part of your day with us. Lots of really cool stuff, lots of inspiration. Listeners, I am looking to fill one vacancy in my CEO Inner Circle private coaching group. This is by invitation only for serious business owners with at least $1 million in revenue. If you'd like to learn more, just email me at Nancy at nancygaines.com and how it can quickly get you to the next level. If you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and go ahead and share it on social media. Until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. 
That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.